This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. So we cannot tell them that this is the second go. This is definitely not a second <laughs> take. This is, we are comp- oh fuck for hit. Hello everyone. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome to Podmania. I had a song prepared. I totally did, but you walked in too early. It's a bit creepy. We should probably ask Garth how he is. Hi Garth, how are you? I'm uh, I'm good again. I mean I, I'm good here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes, banter, comics, comics, video games, video games. Um. Progress, progress. I, you've just cut out, so I need to tell you this again. So we're here to review Canadian sandpaper. We're going to have a bit of banter because it's me and Garth. Um, so I've been watching Progress, Garth, from like Jimmy Havoc's Titan Run, and I think you'd <laughs> either love it or hate it. So the World Championship is a staff. A staff? A staff. Okay. <laughs> and everyone must bow to the staff. Um, and the tag championships are shields. <laughs> to be fair, um, there's also this guy called Madman Monson, and he's very meta. For example, um, he got put into an arm lock by Michael Gilbert, whose gimmick is he doesn't have a gimmick. And he was shouting, Ah, oh, fuck, I don't know. And he was in the armband and said, Ah, oh, fuck, I don't know any reversals. <laughs> nice. I remember Crowder chanting, Press R2. Press oh, Jesus press Christ. Christ. It's just so fucking smoggy. It's, it's a smoggy crap. Basically, progress and PWG, they're meta. And, and I'm fine with that. Right, that's the tone of the company. Progress fans would actually become some of the best crowds going because they'd stop being smoggy and just start, like, unironically cheering or booing the heels. Just um, but, you know, we're still at a point where they're a bit smoggy. But to be fair, considering it's 2014 at the time, like, Bullet Club haven't taken over the popular wrestling discourse. Mm-hmm. I still hate Bullet Club fans, Gar. I'm sure that would be brought up at some other point throughout this. But we're here today, Gar, to review a good paper. It's so weird when we do a good retro review, because it never fucking happens. You can only <laughs> Rob fix them, and he seems to enjoy it when we suffer. I'm like, don't get me, get, don't get me wrong, Gar. I like to suffer occasionally, but only when I'm being paid to suffer. Um, and Rob doesn't pay us. Uh, no, just in a, just an abuse. <laughs> just an abuse. You get called old. I get called a baby. Apparently, thirty is the perfect age, according to Rob. Um, You'll soon find out that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> what is the perfect age, Gar? Um, fucking hell, I can't remember. <laughs> that's all down. <laughs> that's how drunk you were. Perfect. Twenties. So we're here today to talk about Canadian stampede. Um, like, Rob normally has all this shit up, but quite frankly, I, oh, I do have this stuff. I have the cage match. It was in on the 6th, oh, se- I don't know which way around cage match do their dates. So 06, oh, 07, oh, 1997, um, which could mean June or July, depending on who you are. Um, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, if we may be serious for one moment. Um, <laughs> we, don't make enough, <laughs> we, don't, we don't make enough Landstorm references, do we? <laughs> Um, in the Saddledome? What a shit name for a stadium, Gaff. I know, but it's, you know, isn't it where the Calgary Heat play? Who? The ice hockey team. Oh, I thought, that's a bit of a dangerous name for an ice hockey team. The ice would melt. An attendance of 12,151, roughly 10,000 of them are members of the Hart family. <laughs> As the king kept on saying all the way through. 
Yeah. By the way, very quickly, King's hat. Oh, fucking those those uh, cowboy hats. <laughs> oh my god! I thought it was like um, remember Alberta from WCW. Yes. I thought he was that for a second. I'm like, <laughs> oh god! So like WCW weren't being awful. Um, this was like, this was sort of. This whole show was king when he was good. I still didn't enjoy his... It wasn't jarring, but I still didn't enjoy it. I, I thought I enjoyed his, like, when the... This is when he was allowed to just sort of throw shit out there. Before being yeah, sort of... Yeah, the fact that, that there wasn't many women on the show meant he didn't... Yeah, well, that's, aye, well, that's it, aye. Oh, the fact but, that, um, the fact that I, there wasn't many 15-year-olds in the building probably... I just love the fact that this is this, this ongoing, long-running hatred of the heart like family that he has. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, like Memphis and Calgary could be more different. Yeah. Um, like you saw how like serious wrestling Calgary and when you go down to Memphis, who people keep telling me it's like the best wrestling you ever see. And like, I agree. Someone like Lola versus Dundee is amazing. But then there's the Christmas monster. Stop mm-hmm. pretending today's wrestling isn't weirder. There's a, uh, the first thing, the first note that I've written is, uh, well, actually no, I've written sort of, I love the, the intro. Where it was like the tables are turned and it's the the heroes have become the villains and the was it the the bad guys are the renegades and all this sort of shit. <laughs> it was amazing. But I was yeah. like, when it pans out, I was like, oh my god, I forgot how much I hated that in your house stage. I I like it in a sort of in WWE. I'm sick of the stage being the same all the time. Yeah. So like just... in that sense, I like it, but also like yeah, it's not. It's very much fed on a budget. Oh, yeah. It's like 90s sitcom. <laughs> Where everybody knows your name. And your brother is called Kane. Um, yeah. Um, do you want to hear about the um, dark match? Yeah. Come on, what is it? It was a free-for-all tag team match with the Godwins of Henry of Godwin and Phineas I. Godwin. Um, taking on the new Blackjacks of Blackjack Bradshaw and Blackjack Wyndham. Oh, well. Which of course is JBL and Barry Windham. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that must have been serviceable. <laughs> Hard hitting. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's good. But um, Blackjack Bradshaw is a notorious cunt. I don't know if you heard of him, Gaff. He's a bit oh, of yeah. a cunt. Um, <laughs> the Godwin. I don't remember the Godwins. Do you? Oh, I wasn't alive. Well, I was alive. Just barely. Not, not enough to sort of remember anything like the matches or anything. I remember them I being around. The Rumble. Um, they don't have, and neither Godwin has high ratings on um, cage match. So I'm gonna they were kind of like you could say, like early versions of like Harper. Harper was good, though. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like that look, the sort of hillbilly, sort of deep south, sort of big beards and shit. I wash myself with a rag on a stick. Yep, I sense those reverence. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm full of them, Gaff. Um, so let's quickly jump into the first match before we go even more off the rails. Um, yes. It was Hunter Hearst Hemsley um, with China. I, China. I, I thought he was still with Mr. Hughes at this point, but no, it's China. Um, versus Mankind. Yeah. Um, first of all, Triple H's entrance music. Love it. I loved how uh, the Fink had a cowboy hat on. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just going to be a running theme? It's like, yeah, this guy had a cowboy. It was just like, yeah, it's like, what can we do to make to, to make sure that everybody realises that this is like, like, cowboy Canadians? <laughs> I don't associate Canadians with cowboys. I, can, I associate Canadians with, like, politeness. Winter. Anyway, um, this match. It was... Do you know what? It was... It was alright, and I, wa- I was watching it thinking, like, these early matches now with Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, like, you could you could see that he was, like, technically a sound, sound wrestler. Well, yeah, he kind of had to be back then, because, well, I say that, the Godwins are on this card, mm. but, um, yeah, because, remember, he went to WCW, then again, Hogan was at the top during that time. None of these points are going to resonate, but yeah, well, he was trained with Killer Kowalski, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine if you were bad, Killer Kowalski wouldn't beat the shit out of you. I always just kind of forget because obviously you get used to seeing 
the moves that he always does, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like he, he, he can cut, he like does the match is always ending in some sort of shitty finish, and yeah. then him beating someone who we really should have went over. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not over Vengeance 2011. But I'm like beating CM um, This is actually a really decent match. I this is decent. It. Uh, Mankind took some fucking nasty bumps, didn't <laughs> oh, yeah. On the floor, and then on the fucking... Um, on, on the stairs. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I like them. Yeah. I loved how uh, Triple H used the, the, the classic, most devastating move where you grab the rope to make your figure four leg lock twice as powerful. <laughs> it's like a power-up. <laughs> yeah, it's like he puts in the Konami code. <laughs> and suddenly he he has unlimited lives and limited finishes. Um, did you, yeah. The, did you know? Did you did you um, catch where Vince says, "Look at the delts on China." <laughs> yeah, I was is, like, Vince, what the fuck are you talking about? This is a fir- he's saying that he's probably trying very hard not to like be turned on by it. Yeah, it's like, wow, look at the packs. It's like, fucking hell, man, Vince. I just realised, I like how my Vince wow sounds like the beginning of Sable's theme. Oh, the the panther? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Christ, I must put phlegm in the back of my neck. Oh, my God. Nice. Ugh, that's nasty. Um, yeah, this, this was just like a solid, fine match. It wouldn't feel out of place in the main event of a Raw, really. Mm-hmm. Um, then it went outside, double count out. Oh, yeah, they both went outside, double count out. This will be a theme throughout the night. Um, but just, I'm not going to mention every time they appear, because they appear a few times, and I, and I haven't got the notes for it, and I scaffolded. But, like, they, they do appear, they, like, they end up outside after the second match, and then, like, they end up going in and out of the arena sometimes. Um, why I want to bring, why I bring, I want to bring this up, Gaff, is because if I ever told you about the longest wrestling match in ICW history... No. Okay, so it's Chris Renfrew and Joe Hendry. I believe it was only last year, actually. No, it was two years ago. Um, and we were having a Glasgow street fight. <laughs> and then they fought outside. And then um, in, for, in the three weeks between one ICW event and another, Chris Renfrew was walking around Glasgow trying to track down Joe Hendry. <laughs> um, which meant that Leighton Buzzard was also, who's like Joe Hendry's lacquer, was also getting chased by Chris Renfrew. And Chris Renfrew kidnapped a referee. Jesus Christ. Who then got over. The ref, that referee got over and is now a wrestler in ICW. Excellent. Talk I know. Like, that's, that's the kind of shit in wrestling we don't get enough of nowadays. <laughs> As in, like, for people naturally getting over, not yeah. the abduction. Uh, anyway, so why don't you give this match for it? It didn't really end, so it's hard to. Yeah, I think it was a, a six. It was good. I think it was six is good. I saw someone try and argue, and um, I saw someone try to argue for this being four stars in a review I watched, and I was like, "Are you mad?" No, it was like a. It's a it was a sound of, match, and then a big. Just enough. yeah. Um, like, um, honestly, it didn't kill the crowd like the second match almost fucking did. And you see the um, like the feud continuing as well, which is good. Yeah, but so that, actually, I have notes on how it's culminated because it's culminated at SummerSlam for next mm-hmm. month nice. um, in a steel cage match, the old blue steel cage, and which is just better because you can actually see what's going on. <laughs> um, although apparently getting thrown into it was a right bastard. So safety versus aesthetic, I'll take. <laughs> Aesthetic. Um, and then, like, so Mankind was meant to rip off his jacket to reveal a heart mm-hmm. on his um, chest until he can debut Dude Love next week. But he, he forgot he would be sweating and the, and the heart sweated off. So it was just a pink. It, it looked like <laughs> a bash. Like a pink bias, uh, like a blue. Yeah. So, like, I think it's more fitting for the Dude Love character. It was. It was, um, it was good. It was what I had to. Yeah. Yeah. The bit, um, I, I loved all the bits in between after the matches. It was so yeah. fucking cheesy. I prefer like this is easily like when you think of like Triple H and Mick Foley having legendary matches. This isn't one of them, but it's good. It's like the you know what it's like. It's like the house show version of a Triple H. Yeah. Mankind match. It was decent. Which is speaks a lot to mankind because Jesus Christ does bumps. Um. So next. Um. 
Next up, Gaff, are you ready to get smarky with me? Well, before the match, we had the WWE float in the parade. <laughs> An absolute hunk of shit. What an absolute... Like, you know, sometimes, like, for example, you've... Every time you see some something ridiculous and you think, oh, this is going to be great because it's for Fed and we don't skimp out on shit, on stupid shit, like we only skimp out um, on paying wrestlers and shit like that, but all like the stupid shit that doesn't matter, we pay lots of money for. What the fuck was that float? Jesus, no idea. I don't have any idea either. And but then they showed, they showed all yeah. the, uh, the people queuing up for the, the legend. But, oh. um, We'll get on to. Can we get? Can we condense all the hearts vignettes? And... Hey, this program was like a heartathon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the float was awful, and for the rest of Bret Hart um, and Hart family vignettes, there's a couple more. Can we condense them all into the main event, please? Just so we can. <laughs> just, we'll have all the heart stuff in one place because I do have notes from the hearts actually. The, um, the, the bit, the bit just after this, or where. It's like the heart and the thing, and then Stone Cold comes in, and it's like Pat Patterson holding him back. <laughs> it's like if Stone Cold wanted to, he would pull away. <laughs> yeah, like if Stone Cold really wanted to fight every member of the Hart family, he'd just go for it. Um, anyway, so this next match, Garth, are you ready to get smarky with me? <sighs> Is there any other way? <laughs> so, great Sasuke. Yep. Versus Takamichinoku. Who looked about 15 years old. He didn't look very old. He looked like Michael Stunt if Michael Stunt could work. Um, very quickly, Gaff, did you see the guy who walked past with the sign? No. Some smart, you know what's worse than like smarks of today? It's smarks in the 90s because they're so smug about being smarks. <laughs> so he, actually, he walked, it's because they worked he, for that. They really worked for that. Work that. Um, first of all, this, the guy walked along, like, he clearly wasn't in that section, so as soon as the match was about to start, he walked along with, <laughs> a, um, with, a, with a sign that said, um, this is work, right? Jesus. And I was like, oh, you're so good. You're very clearly just trying to be observer. I'm not going to lie, this it, match was brilliant. <laughs> this match was, was brilliant. Um... It was, it was basically a Michinoku Pro um, showcase match. How, how old was Sasuke here? Um, let's check. How old is Sasuke? Let's see. Great Sasuke. Sasuke Sasuke's still wrestling. I know. <laughs> well, he's, 50, he's 50 now. Um, oh, well, so, so he wouldn't have been that old then. Three years ago. He's about thirty-seven-ish. It's not too bad, I guess. Yeah, um, he doesn't even Sasuke special anymore, which made me sad. Um, he was so fucking like smooth in this match. He was smooth in this match because we reviewed one Sasuke match before, and it was the Liger match. And he, yeah. why you there that that he wasn't smooth? Like he his high flying moves looked like they didn't connect properly, and I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. They looked like they purposely didn't connect properly but like yeah because his, his he's athletic but his moves look like they hurt very quickly though Vince very clearly wasn't sold on having Sasuke on the pay-per-view no like I have a quote here this is um, he is one of the great he's one of the great workers of a light heavyweight division or so I'm told <laughs> do your research like Vince if you had to like review a New Japan show and you're like <laughs> fucking um, Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the best technical wrestlers and is better than Bret Hart, or so I'm told. Um, he, he is. Um, right, so my I didn't take extensive notes of this. My notes of this is basically moves happened. Yeah, it was just it was the ones I took, the most I took was like the fact that like Sasuke's like the, the spinning back kicks look mean as hell. No, they do. Like when something. And something, something like R E D does does like about the one off the top rope. It's like it's mm-hmm. cool, but it doesn't hit properly. But hits, hits. Fucking oh right. my god! And, and uh, uh, Takamichi Nakamura's pretty springboard over the top. Yeah. Oh, that is actually really pretty. It's like so. It's weird. Like as a modern fan, like Takamichi Nakamura starts seeing a joke because of how much of a joke the like heavyweight division would transpire to be. Mm-hmm. Like 
WWE didn't care about the light heavyweight division so much that it turns out there's two different lineages for the light heavyweight belt because they had one and then they, but the only way I used to do, they used to put it on like people in foreign countries so the belt could get spread around and we could call it, call it a world title and then it would come back to them. They did that and forgot about it. <laughs> they, they did that and it's, you know the, you, you, do you know what the J Crown is? The what? The J Crown. Nope. Okay, have you ever seen the, the images of Ultimate Dragon with like eight belts? Yeah, yeah. That's the J Crown. Basically, there was a tournament with eight juniors. All of them had a championship. A winner would have all the championships. One of them was the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship because WWF forgot about it. <laughs> and then they started the tournament for the Light Heavyweight Championship, and someone in the office remembered they already have one. And then it was on some guy in Japan and they couldn't get it. But how ridiculous is that? I think that's quite good. <laughs> how do you forget about a championship? Hey, you know. It's not like when I lend a comic to someone and then they give me back to it like a year later and I forgot I lent it out to them. But that's a comic. You, just, you forgot about a championship. I can't get over that. Uh, anyway, um, uh, what I like about this match, despite it only being 10 minutes long, it did have sections. Like mm-hmm. it had escalation. Like it started off with like the two chain wrestling and then it went into like exchanging submissions, exchanging strikes. And then it went into Kimberly. overdrive. <laughs> like Jim Connolly was walking by working by that time, and he was probably fucking crying. You um, <laughs> had the again, you had like the RVD kick off the top, which was mad. The springboard to the outside. Um, ben, a mention of his mission of driver, which only he seems to do properly because he drops him on his head, like near the head, which is what's meant to happen. As opposed to now, we just sort of drop them on their back like his power slam. Well, you know, he invented it. He did invent it, and <laughs> no, and no one's ever done it better. Um, yeah, so he does that, and then Sasuke kicks out of his finisher because you know it's 2018, I guess. And then Sasuke hits the Tiger Suplex for when um, this was great. <laughs> yeah, this wouldn't be out of place on like an NXT now. No, um, well, that's when, this is this feels very old, like when NXT used to bring in like indie guys or TNA guys for like one or two matches and then we went away. This is what this felt like. It was a showcase match. Yeah. And I Good. think on a smaller pay-per-view like this, that's fine. And to be honest, I kind of wish... I say that. I say they wish they, I, they do that more. When I say that, I mean like with NXT or NXT UK, like just have... Like for example, we did that Survivor Series that had Adam Cole take on Pete Dunne. And that was a great match. I had and it probably put more eyes on NXT. Whereas, yeah. um, like, if we did that with a lot of their smaller brands, like, um, like whenever 205 gets on a main pay-per-view, more people talk about 205. Like, just for yeah. it makes sense. And they always seem um, to do, like, put on a good match. Yeah, that's right. You put, like, it, it could just be, like, something random and throw away. Like, for example, you want to represent NXT UK, throw on um, Walter versus Mark Coffey. And then it gives a no defense for Walter. Matt and um, you can make Walter look like a beast. Where it's such so easy to do, and I wish they'd do it more of their brands, but they don't because they have too many people and don't have shit. Like even after the recent firings, they still have too many people. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. But also, stop firing people. You're in the middle of a pandemic. You can't. Um, what do you want to make this match? Uh, solid. In the context of this pay per view. I'm going to say eight. Yeah, I also went eight. Um, I think it's partly because of how surprisingly good it was, but also like, I think if this was, was dropped in like a Super Juniors, this would be an eight. Um, yeah. I think matches in this style should go around between 10 and 20 minutes instead of between 20 and 30 you get on um, you get on New Japan cards nowadays because just after a while, how fast these people are going, it, st- it loses its luster. Yeah. And, like, Last Way makes it work because he puts layers on it, but when it's someone like... Like, I think, oh, um, actually, the All Japan Junior Division is a perfect example where d- if it's longer than, like, 15 minutes, I stop caring. It's stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was, like, it had everything needed to to show what these people can do, so... Yeah, and then Sasuke was never used again. Um, to be fair, though, um, as a Michinoku Pro showcase match, I don't know much about Michinoku Pro itself, but 
If you want another, another Mission Oakley Pro Showcase match, um, Bell Legal 97 for ECW, that's six man. <laughs> Amazing. I'm sorry for a six man gaff. <laughs> we've got a, uh, we've got a ten man coming up. <laughs> that's too many people. Um, too many hats. <laughs> so, okay. like going into the next match. Triple H and Mankind were balling outside. Cause of course balling out, yeah, balling outside again. Um, and you had... Paul Bearer. Uh, Paul Bearer, because Ahmed Johnson had got injured. He was supposed yeah, to be in this match. Jo- yeah, Ahmed <laughs> Johnson got injured. And so Vader was a last-minute replacement, wasn't he? Which is yeah. crazy. With Ginger Bearer. Like... Right, apparently this was to like make him more in line with Kane, because Kane... Is red, but like yeah. was a bit do it been going ginger. It was just weird. I just love how he kept calling a uh, Undertaker a murderer. Oh, we're going to <laughs> the next match. introduce the next match. Vader versus Taker for the WWF title. I completely forgot Vader um, Taker was champion around this time, which doesn't make sense because he was defending the championship in Hell in a Cell, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So, oh no, he wasn't. No, because he lost it to Hart at SummerSlam, and then the screw job happened, and then. Yeah, sorry, Gav. Touchy subject, I know. Um, This, um... The only note I have for this match is murderer, (laughs) because I'll just say that now. Paul Barra said the word murderer quite a lot. Oh, yeah. It's weird. I know this is, again, this is going to sound like like sort of bitching at modern wrestling, but the crowd... But the crowd was so hot. The the fact that there was only what sixteen thousand or fourteen thousand or something. This these people were louder than if there was forty thousand now. Yeah, because there was. This is before we went to Canada super often. Because there's no preconceived fucking notions of the crowd getting themselves over. There's people there going to watch and react to a proper to a wrestling show with no fucking. I don't know. It's just it's it's just it's weird. I mean, obviously, Taker always gets the pop he always gets, but this the pop he got here it sounded it felt louder. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you done being old man Garth now? No, never. <laughs> right, because um, I have got a note though to say it was great seeing this Taker because he's fucking mobile. Oh yeah, like when's the last time we saw a mobile Taker? It must have exactly. been a Shawn Michaels match. Just I thought this was a good match. It was a good match, um, but again, it was overtaken by the fact that Paul Barrow kept shouting "murderer." It was like, <laughs> "Murderer!" It went, but... that was when Vader did like a big move. No, what happened was um, Barrow sort of lured Taker in, and then Vader got from behind, and then Barrow turns to the camera, starts going, "Ha ha ha ha, murderer!" I love it when he just he went and put the boot in as well. <laughs> Taker's on the floor, he just boots him. Paul Barrow is such a good manager, though. But like he never worked for anyone but Taker. He never like any every time he worked for someone but Taker, it wouldn't work properly. You see when um where Taker was sort of where the comeback was starting to happen, <clears throat> the I noticed the camera was legitimately shaking. Yeah, for how hot the crowd was. Yeah, that, that, like fucking hell, it was unbelievable. It was like a, like like the football matches and yeah, I, I, I say yeah, I don't watch football. But the yeah, uh, did they kind of did they kind of botch the reversed? Tombstone yeah, again. Before we get into that, I do want to mention <laughs> one thing. It's about Vader was bumping circles around Taker, which is not yeah. something you imagine when you see someone Vader's size. Because I think this is the first time we've actually had Vader on the classical B section, so I want to sort of splooge about him. How good is Vader? Oh, yeah, he's always been good. He's always been good. He's good everywhere he goes. Like, he was good in WWF, and we still waited him. I think it's just another one. He was another one. The people who were caught in the crossfire of like the big change, same as like people like Bam Bam, yeah, like, and also the click. Both well, Bam that's the thing, yeah. Like Bam. it was like they were starting to sort of really take over. Yeah, so like Vader sort of got politics out of his title run um, from SummerSlam because um, the, the plan was, I believe, to have Vader beat him, and then Bam Bam also got politics out. Apparently, Bam Bam and Brett were close. Mm-hmm. Which I can't imagine them hanging out. <laughs> apparently, Bamba was a really nice guy. So was Bam, Vader. <laughs> yeah, Bamba and Vader were apparently lovely. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, I've, we've reviewed a Vader match with a young line where he fucking knocked Stan Hansen's eye out. <laughs> well, he knocked a uh, fucking thing his ear off, didn't he? Yeah, 
Um, Foley. Yeah, but apparently that was an accident. Like it was Foley's normal spot, but someone did the, the ropes up too tight, so his ear yeah. He almost died. It's insane. Anyway, um, yeah, they fucked up the tombstone, but it's very clearly meant to be like the tombstone of the tombstone spot, you know, like from Mania twenty. Yeah. Um, but then that got fucked up. So um, to be fair, they did did a very good. They did a decent job of improvising a finish. Yeah, it was, it was good how um like, like um take over Blackpool the first <laughs> one where Joe Coffey and Pete Dunne both fell and then were like right we'll just do the spot again. Actually, that when we tried to do the spot again. It kind of worked because they not they found a way to naturally go back up to the top, but yeah. then they fell again. It's like this one was good because, like Gr and the King sort of covered it, mm-hmm. so they sort of distracted you from it. Um, but it was good, uh, and it led into the sort of the lead up to the sort of top rope sort of choke slam and stuff. Well, the middle rope choke slam. Yeah, again the veterans so they know how to do a finish, you know. Vader has seen several finishes go right in Japan because, quite frankly, people just shoot on each other. Um, <laughs> and I'm bringing this up down because I want to tell you about the shoot. Did I ever tell you about the time Antonio Inoki told um, Under the Giant to shoot on someone? <laughs> I have, um, that was in a documentary I watched. Um, and it's, it's super weird, right? Because Andre is big, but he sure as hell not a fighter. No. So, like, he was in there with Takada, um, Takada who is a, who, a really, like, legitimate, badass fighter. So, Takada just kept kicking Andre in the leg before Andre gave up. <laughs> and, it's like, and, like, they just called for no DQ and, like, everyone just walked out. It's insane. Anyway, um, yeah, this match was... It was a fun back and forth. It was better than I expected it to be because we still had a matchup with Rumble. This year, which is a show I had on VHS, and I'd always skip it. It wasn't a good match. No. Um, but Vader went over, which sort of makes sense why you get a shot to take it here. And yeah, I don't know. What did you give it? I give it a six. Solid match. I also gave it a six. Just so in sync today. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> got this review short. So, Gaff, what video games have you been playing recently? Um, uh, Mishmash of shit. Um, of course, I've been playing WWE 2K19. Yeah, not 20. Who the fuck would play 20? I own 20. I regret it. It's the worst £10 I've ever spent. I've been playing uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2020, which isn't that good. Um, well, like, what's the difference between Pro Evo and FIFA? Oh, we don't have time to go into the, <laughs> to the, to the, to the varied differences. And How different could merits. they be? <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. Well... Put it this way, it's kind of like the difference between um, Fire Pro and the WWE games. Okay, so Pez is just better, is it? Pretty much. It's it's the more fully okay, realised, so... well-rounded game, but it doesn't have so... all the flash and bang. Right, okay, so FIFA is um, has all the bells and whistles, but Pro yeah. Evo is what real fans enjoy. Right, yeah, exactly. Um... By the way, I, can I quickly tell everyone about the Podmania Cup that I've been doing on Firepro? Because you've been getting a lot of updates, haven't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so essentially what happened earlier this week, um, earlier this Monday, isn't it? Um, last week, I asked both Rob and Garth to give me eight people for a tournament. Rob gave me the goon and Garth what was the bad one you... To be fair, you didn't... Go, the worst one you gave me was Big John Studd. The rest of them were good. Like, Rick Martel was the only, like, the only bad one. Then you had, like, Champa and Cross and... Tessa. Um, say that again? Tessa. Tessa, yeah, who's very close to winning. It's how it stands right now, Gaff. If Tessa wins her last match and Sasuke either draws or loses, Tessa's three. Brilliant. Um, actually, what? it depends on what Punk does, because Punk holds the tiebreaker over Tessa. But actually, no, because Tessa, be- if Punk ends up drawing Tessa, then Tessa has the tiebreaker, because she beats Sasuke, and Sasuke and Punk had a draw. So, <laughs> it's, it's complicated, Gaff, it's complicated. You should, but you anyways, should write, write it up for the website. I'm not writing up. Fuck that. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I'm 
thinking about doing a reaction review, but I don't know what I'd do. And also, I'm not very good at, like, writing critiques for wrestling. I'm good at writing critiques for everything, because I had to do it to pass uni. But, like, for wrestling, I just can't. I just end up shitposting, um, which is why I work better in a podcast format. It's still online, because I, I don't want this podcast to be less than half an hour long. Because, Jesus, this isn't a long show. Like, well, the, say, I thought, um, like, if, like, going back then, like, the the story of, well, the actual story of the pay-per-view, really, like, the build-up for the 5-on-5, it's not, it wasn't just, like, a case of, it's a 5-on-5. There was mm-hmm. actual, real, like, story behind it. Yeah, like, Austin hates everyone. Um, <laughs> like, I liked, I liked the bit before, where, like, all the, bit, all, the well, baby, all the Americans were having a promo, and then Austin just walked off when it was his turn to speak. Yeah. That was quite cool. Um, the hats still can't cut a promo. I'm sorry. Owen's alright, and... Uh, Bulldog. Bulldog isn't. You can't, like, I'm British, and I can't understand what Bulldog's saying half the time. N- Nightheart. Nightheart's always good for a laugh. <laughs> yeah, Nightheart's good for a laugh. He's sort of like Zandeg. And then, but, Brett, I'm sorry, does Brett ever cut a good promo? Um, Brett only really cuts the good ones when he's basically shooting. Alright, so basically when he's having a mount. Yeah. That doesn't count. Oh but uh, Brian Pillman's just fucking... Bra- oh, Pillman's crazy. Exactly. I remember, so like basically when Pillman got to WWF was um, he did that thing in WCW like, I respect you, Brooker Man, walked out. And then he, managed, he didn't want to keep working for WCW so what he did um, for this angle, he told Bischoff, right, actually fire me in front of everyone and, like, yeah. release from my contract. Um, I'll sit at home for a couple... Um, you've paid me well, so I'll sit at home for a couple months and then come back. And then the next day, he ended up in ECW. Because mm-hmm. um, he's a mark. You know what Hogan tried to do? Because at that point, Pillman was one of the hottest things in the wrestling world because everyone's like, oh, what's happened? What's going on? And then Hogan was like, bring him back. I want, I want, I want to go over him. Brilliant. That literally happens. Well, you know, he's like a, he just follows the trend, doesn't he? He's a cunt, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad he's not on. So, this match. Um, first of all, every member of the Hart family is so over yep. for the Hart Foundation. Um, like, all of, like, each one individually got a massive pop. I still thought it was a bit of a... Like, again, as much as I love Bret Hart and Owen Norland, this was just an absolute loving, wasn't it? It was just yeah, milk every last little second. It, yeah. like, well, getting having them like, all come out individually was like, ah, oh, it's a bit much. Yeah, because they all have very similar themes. Yeah. Nightheart doesn't even have a theme. No, he just uses Brett's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he just uses Brett's. Um, by the way, the smart fan was back. Oh, right, man, really? Man about, he came across with a sign that says, what is kayfabe? Fucking hell, man. I know. Like, again, I, is there anything worse than a 90s smack? <sighs> I don't know. There's loads of them now. I know. There's, but l- there's but... loads of them that turn up at the events wearing certain things to get themselves known and get themselves over, which is just fuck off. Well, there's a guy who sits in front of nearly every progress show in a Carlito shirt, but he doesn't draw attention to himself. I think it's literally just a tradition for him. It's like, well, it's progress day, so I'm going to wear my... Carlito shirt, like he never dro- he's not distracting, it's just every show. It's like, oh, Carlito. It's actually more distracting when he's not there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of an example. You know, I, do you, um, I'm not sure. Well, obviously, he's not there now because there's no one in the arena. But remember that guy who kept, who's always in the front row of every WWE show? What that? With a long, with a long straight hair. Mm, I remember the green shirt guy. Actually, apparently, um, I saw uh, it was an old What Culture podcast from years ago, but this always stuck in my head. But Kenny Mac, but Kenny Macintosh was on it, and he talked about going to like a show in America, and see because apparently a lot of the, like there's Lesnar guy, there's Liger guy, like, but we've become notorious. And apparently, one of these um, super fans were being catty because we weren't able to get on the hard camp. Fucking hell! I know. Well, how? Like, no one watches Raw for you. Fucking arseholes. I fucking... Well, nobody watches Raw nowadays anyway, but still. Um, by the way, I love when... Um, going back to... Um, we'll come back to shitty fans in the crowd in a second, Bruce. Um, 
the do- um, they drew attention to the documentary crew. Yeah. Uh, which is, of course, the dark side of the ring. Well, no, it's the um, Wrestling with Shadows. Wrestling with Shadows, that's yeah. Um, have you ever watched Wrestling with Shadows? Yep. What do you think of it? Um, it's good, but I would love to see like an extended cut because you can tell they've missed a lot out. Yes, because it's, it's made for TV, isn't it? Yeah. So we had to stick to a strict time with it. I agree with you. I do wish, but because honestly, if it had like it was only a half an hour long, wasn't it? I think. I'm sure I've seen the version that's nearly an hour. I think um, if it was 90 minutes, it could be great. Yeah. It's good. I'm wondering if... Was Bret Hart not happy with it or something? I can't remember. Um, I think it was literally just because he just wanted that part of his life to be done. Yeah. I mean, it's the, to be honest, it's, it's... The fact that that's documented in the way it is was quite sort of... And, there's still people, and just to think, Gav, there's still people to this day who think it's a work. Well, this is this is where that comes from, isn't it? Because they're saying, why would they be documenting all this if it was just a regular sort of retirement, blah, blah. It's like, well, they didn't know this was going to happen. And that's why they sent them in with the wire, etc. Um, I just, yeah, it's it's a fascinating watch. So anyone who hasn't watched it, go and check it out, because I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube now. It's, they're all on, yeah, you can find it somewhere. It's probably on Daily Motion if it's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, what, what I will say, is I love non-WWE documentaries because it's amazing how great WWE are at spinning history. Oh, yeah. Like, right down to... Ruthless aggression. (laughs) The the rise and fall of... For example, um, whenever um, someone like WCW raids WWE, oh, it's a raid and it's evil. Whenever WWE raids an indie, oh, they're just expanding their market share. It's shit like that, and... I don't know, when it's a non-WWE... Like, for example, the Dina Bravo story would have never been told from WWE. Ever. Yeah. Too dark. Whereas, too dark. Who wants a Triple H hump a dead woman? <laughs> Me um, Anyway, so... Back to the match. <laughs> back to the match. We're still the entrances. Because the American... Like, no American got a good... And, like, that, the, the, the Road Warriors didn't even get a Road Warrior box. That's it, and this is the one that this must be one of the very, very, very few times where Austin was universally booed. Yeah, no, the thing is, there was still like some cheers, it was like a Cena reaction. Yeah, but it was just, and you could tell he was loving it as well. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, fuck, I haven't worked here in so long. Yeah. <laughs> um, but can we quickly talk about how weird the team is? Oh, fucking hell. Right, so we haven't actually read out the team, it's the Heart Foundation team of. Brett, Owen, Bulldog, Pillman, and Nightheart versus the America team, I guess, of Stone Cold, Shamrock, World Warriors, and Goldust. And I don't know if this is just me um, misremembering, but I could have sworn going into this card that the Patriot was one of them. Um, I know he's not. He's objectively not in this match, but I no. remembered him being in this match, and I don't know why. Mm-mm. Nah. It's just, I find it odd why Goldust's there. Did yeah, they, ex- why did they explain that? <laughs> They're just there going, we need more booze. It's the 90s. What did people in the 90s hate? Gay <laughs> people. <sighs> it's weird. Um, speaking, so, like, going into actual meat and potatoes of this match, it was a house show main event, basically. Like, a lot of the big older people um, in the match, um, big bracker, everyone get some of their shit in, um, and because it's a 10-man, no one needs to overexert themselves. And you were, uh, I loved it where Shamrock was in the ring, and then Anvil was in the ring, and he tried to do, like, an MMA shoot. Of all the people. <laughs> Shamrock was... just took him to, be, took him to town. <laughs> yeah, because it's fucking ca- one of the best MMA fighters of the 90s. Fucking Minoru Suzuki would be scared of him. It's ridiculous. Jim <laughs> Yeah, the fucking Pil- Pillman. Like I forgot how absolutely utterly jacked he was and how stiff he was. Oh, he's so stiff, isn't it? It's because it, it's because he was working with like the New Japan guys. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so halfway through this match, um, apart some point in this match, Bruce attacks Stone Cold. We <laughs> don't get to talk about Bruce Hart very often, so I want to. It's amazing how often he ruins his own push. 
it's amazing how often he loves to get himself on fucking camera. <laughs> yeah, he's you know so I mean? desperate. So he was meant to join um, the Hatfield Nation at some point by some, someone's account. I forget whose. But apparently he was meant to join it. And then, because um, he wanted to get himself over, he hit Wasn't Austin she? a bit. He worked a bit too snug with Austin. And then Austin complained, so he didn't get his spot. <laughs> Which, of course, he did. Why did you punch Austin for real? Um, right, so Bruce Hart. I, he's a really tragic figure for being such a cunt. <laughs> um, like, for example, um, apparently he's the one who pitched the Owen-Brett story, but it was for him. And then Brett was like, no, I want to do it with Owen. Yeah. Which makes sense, but also I'd be mad as well. Yeah. Um, but then also, again, yeah. Also, Bulldog ran off with his wife. Yeah. Have you heard about this? Uh, yeah, it's in, um, it's in Brett's book. <laughs> oh. The thing is, I know someone who's Because I was talking to someone who's read Bruce's book. Oh, no, no. I didn't even know he had one. My friend is obsessed with wrestling autobiographies. Like, have you. You've, I've shown you my um, comic shelf before, haven't I? Have it, mm-hmm. There's like one shelf. Dedicated to comics. He has that book for wrestling autobiographies and it's overspilling. Brilliant. He's like, he, well, I'm not being funny. He owns all of Mick Foley's books and after the first one, there's no points. Yeah. It's similar like Jericho. Yeah. Oh, fuck. How, Jericho, how does Jericho keep releasing books thicker than the Bible? Like, <laughs> he, loves talk, he, fucking, he, he loves talking about himself more than Bret Hart does. Yeah, he was talking about himself more than he likes minimising minorities. Um, little, that's going to do this podcast. Jericho's racist, he's not. But he kind of is, he's ignorant. Um, but yeah, um, and then another hat attacks Austin. Now, I didn't take, make note of what hat, because quite frankly, if it's not Bruce, I don't care. Um, so, is it, not, was it Ross? Um, Ross, uh, Ross. Is that actually... Was a, that's such a shit name. Um, Owen is taken out of this match with a leg injury. And then Brett, as revenge, targets Austin's leg. I love yeah. that. And then Austin gets taken out. And then at least we're running later on to increase pop. All this, like this match, there's nothing in terms of the moves. You might disagree with me, Gaff. In terms of just moves, there's nothing worth talking about. It's all smokes and mirrors, but it works. There's a, pre- there's, there's a pretty good doomsday device in there. Even though Hawks. Almost, I'm sure, Hawk's high off his tits. Well, yeah, but, like, it's hard not to have a good doomsday device because yeah. they, they actually hit them. <laughs> You've got the work on the knees, the work, whatever. Um, yep. Um, I'm trying to think but, what else. Shamrock, a... Shamrock just farting around. Wait, wait, there was a suplex at one point from... Um, Bulldog. Bulldog, where he almost drops gold dust on his fucking head. A superplex. <laughs> there's not... There's one way he, try, he does it on Hawk, but Hawk can't quite hold himself up. But the thing is, I, I get that, but like he almost killed Bulldog. I almost <laughs> killed Goldust, rather. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Like, honestly, Bulldog's not a good wrestler. He's just had. Like, he's. It's like, the only classic Bulldog match I can think of is Brett, and Brett fucking babied him through it because he was fucking. He ended up doing smack with Nightheart. But, um, there's. Goldberg gets his own back on Bull, uh, Bulldog though because he does a nasty sort of spike Bulldog <sighs> right in the top of his head. That was quite nasty actually. Um, and then like a big bro happens at the end. Um, Owen runs back in to stop Austin doing a sharpshooter. The entire Hart family gets involved. Um, I assume this is where Bruce got Austin and then Owen um, roll up. Roll, rolls up Austin for the win which would set up the um, match next month at SummerSlam. Good booking. That's a great way to end a B pay per view because it gives you a reason to watch the big pay per view that's coming up. Yeah. Um, oh. And also a way to get every single member of the Hart family in the yeah. ring. Every single one. It was like in ECW when um, the public enemy finished the match. Did you spot um, some? I, spot, I spotted Teddy Hart. I spotted he was Teddy in there. Hart. He has a very distinct face. Yeah. Teddy Hart. It's like, oh, it's Teddy. Um, did you also, notice, though, did you spot um, the fact that Owen and Brett were not very happy about this whole thing? Yeah. Blatantly. We, no, last thing, because, like, they were, they're, like, they are just the stars of the Hart family. No one else in the Hart family comes close. 
Um, but then, like, whenever the other hearts get any sort of opportunity, like, for example, think back to the Hart versus King slash Shawn Michaels match at Survivor Series a few years before this, where Bruce Hart tried to get himself over. Like, the only yeah. people who didn't were Keith and um, Ross. Because they were just like, we're not full-time wrestlers. We're doing this as a favour for Brett to help serve the story. And then, like, Bruce is there trying to get himself over. Like, Let's fucking love the charter. Go back to SummerSlam 90... What's wrong with this for? Um, where... Um, so, is that where Bulldog's in the crowd? Yeah, the one where um, Bruce um, is the only heart left in the ring at some point and starts... Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, like, and then, like, apparently at Mania 26, Bruce kept, um, kept pitching ideas and ha- Brett had to go, stop. <laughs> and also, you're going to love this, actually. Back in 92, um, Survivor Series, when, um, 92, 93, one of the two, and when, it was one with, uh, where Sean came back, um, to replace Lala because of, Accusations, um, <laughs> and get this right. Bruce kept um, kept interrupting Brett to pitch things, <laughs> and then Sean snapped, going, "If my brother was the world champion, I'd just shut up and let him dictate the match." Yeah, like seriously, Bruce is like you think Brett is Brett. Bruce is more Brett. Like Bruce, I think it's the fact he's, it. Again, he's, it's just jealousy, isn't it? Bulldog stole his wife and like and then um took their children away apart from um their disabled child. Fucking hell. I know right. Like that's just outwardly con- like to the ch- I feel so more sorry for the child, but also like you take away all his kids and the only one I'm sure he was ha- I'm sure he was more than happy to have his one of his children, but you split them up because you don't want to take care of your disabled son. What a cunt like that's so cunty. Yep. But in in Brett's book, I remember reading about this, saying that wasn't his idea. That was um, that was Vince, blah blah blah. But um, he was saying that the thing that pissed him off the most was where they dragged his mum in the ring. Oh yeah, she, said she was in like no fit state to oh, no, do she, it. She was struggling going up a step. Right. And they'd said beforehand, like, don't just leave her and like stew at the ringside. Mm. And like, you can see, well, if you watch, you can see, and this is around about the time where Owen had first started thinking he wanted to leave. And mm. you see him get his kids and his wife, and they're just pissed off. Yeah, like, I, I think they basically just wanted, like, they would have been happy with, like, a sit. I think they would have been happy with, like, one of a, a brother who wasn't Bruce jumped in the ring, or, like, some of the kids, and, like, but, like, to have the whole Hart family fracker, not, it, like, they were very visibly. Done with it. Um, and then Austin came out and attacked Night Hat. <laughs> it was so good when he got cuffed and everything. Yeah, and he was like flipping everyone up when he was cuffed. Austin. Ah, Jesus. But also, um, going back to people who spotted, you can also see Tyson Kidd, Natty, and D.H. Smith. Really? I didn't know yeah. him. <laughs> um, well, you can definitely see Natty um, Smith. Um, Tyson Kidd is next to Teddy. All right. Um, by the way, very quickly, because I don't think there's ever going to be a, a natural opportunity to talk about Teddy Hart on this podcast again. That's fucking lunatic. How is he a heart? Is he a... He's not... He's not like a nephew, is he? Is he a nephew to Brett? <sighs> Hold on, let me double-check the relationship. Te- Apparently Teddy Hart hates the rest of the hearts. And that's But then he... he like, hasn't he... Doesn't he get? Doesn't he constantly get bailed out by them though? Well, yeah, and keeps getting arrested. Um, Edward Ellsworth Annis is a Canadian professional wrestler. Ben now is in, in He's currently right. I want to know who's right. Parents is yeah. Um, Georgia Hart. Um, Georgia mm. Hart is so it's a, like um, sister. Oh well. Yeah, but he's like so, absolutely not like loose cannon, isn't siblings, he? Siblings. Um... Come on, Google, don't fail me now. Siblings, Wayne Hart, Ross Hart, Alison, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of hats. Dean Hart, Diane Hart, Keith Hart, Smith Hart, Bruce Hart, Brett Hart, there we go. Oh, well. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. so many hats. 
They just love shagging, don't they? <laughs> They're like fucking rabbits. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, just stop. stop what, uh, what did you give that match? I found it hard to read because, again, it's a house show match, but like all the smoke, smoke and mirrors worked. Um, for like reference, by the way, um, on Cage Match, this has 8.96, which is about as high as that. It's one of the top 50 highest rated matches of the 90s on Cage Match. <laughs> Where this match, I mean, I enjoyed it for the novelty of it, mm-hmm. but it no, wasn't. Very... A, it wasn't like a sort of marquee match or anything. Yeah, again, no, again, this headlined say a house show that me, Rob, and Garth went to and got pissed. We, we'd probably be saying for the rest of our lives if this is the best match we've ever seen. Oh yeah, but. Um, in terms of like pure work rate, it's it's a it is a hard one to rate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, we might have to ask what Rob gave it for an official um, rating, but I'm I think feeling overall, a, a, a good six to light seven. Yeah, I'll I'll happily go seven. Um, well, I think I think it's physically impossible impossible for you to rate a Bret Hart match less than a seven. <sighs> Let's try it. Well, Bret I don't know. Then she's getting screwed over. <laughs> like, that's my personal favourite Bret Hart match, but other than, like, the WrestleMania 26 match. Um, I, I kid. I actually like Bret Actually, I want to talk to you about something. Who do you think is a better overall wrestler? Brian Danielson or Bret Hart? Probably Bret Hart. But not bias-wise. But overall? Wrestler? When I say wrestler, I mean the whole shebang. If I meant work rate, I'd say worker. Well, like Brian Danielson's better promo, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's as. He, I mean, obviously, he's fucking amazing wrestler. He's mu- he's more charismatic. I, honestly, what I would say, I can't see Bret Hart getting a great match of Necro Butcher. Depends. The problem, the problem with Brett is he was—he's never been in those situations ever. I guess. Really? I think he's never had—he's never had the scrap, has he? Yeah, but I guess when Brett Hart, whenever Brett Hart's in a brawl, it's not exceptionally brutal. good. Like when he was in a brawl, like WCW, it wasn't exceptionally good. But then, like whenever Brian's in a brawl, it's great. Mm, I think Brian's I think... the more. I think Brian. I think the best way I put it is Brett. Is better at his formula, but Brian is more versatile. Yeah, probably. I'd say modern Brian is up there on the Bret Hart level. In terms of Brian, like, well, in terms of Brian's role right now, it's what Bret Hart was used for. He's getting people over just by virtue of having great matches with them. Yeah, that's what he should be done with as well. Like, that's the perfect way to use him. Brian loves working with Midgard. It's like he was uh, so happy when he was given the chance to work with Kofi because like, oh my god, I get the chance to put this guy over. And then And have like, good matches. <laughs> yeah, I think he he probably pitched working with Gulak. And to be fair, both Gulak matches have been incredible. Well not incredible, but like the WWE standards incredible. Good. I think this this overall this show was good. It was the better show... than our, it was better than our Remembered it or expected it to be? It's like a proto takeover, isn't it? Yeah. Um, like you have your. It's very tightly. I say tightly produced. It wasn't. Just look at the main event. But <laughs> like, it's, it's, it felt like an early takeover. Like you have yeah. Shows, you have like chance. the sort of like it's something where they've kind of thrown the formula out the window and just said, "Look, just go and have good matches." Yeah. Um, do that, like. I haven't watched a ton of in your houses, but like, there were always but... just fun B pay per views. Um, yeah, and then very quickly this would lead on to SummerSlam '97, which um, some like where a lot of these matches would carry over again. Mankind was under Hurst Hemsley. Um, Sting took on um, Sting Goldberg Goldust. <laughs> wow. Took on Pillman. Um, LOD took on the good Godwins. What? Um, Bulldog took on Shamrock. Um, the Brett versus T. 
Brenda Mistaker, yeah, and then Austin. So a lot, so like this match, this pay per view did actually set stuff going into the future, which almost feels alien in today's WWE landscape. Well, that had carried over. <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 anything that anything happened on a match matters the next night. <laughs> it's like everything's forget forgotten, even the death of somebody. AJ Styles literally died earlier this year. <laughs> and he was back for money in the back. Rey Mysterio got chucked off a building, turned up the next night, but has been taken off TV because he had his head rammed into a... Like, I understand getting your head rammed into steel steps is serious, but he got chucked off a building. <laughs> that, um... That SummerSlam was the one where um, Owen Hart pile-drived... Uh, and paralyzed. Austin, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently Austin will refuse to work with Owen ever again. But what's interesting is that Austin did the same to Chono in New Japan. <laughs> with the exact same move. Fucking hell. Yeah, and it led to Chono having to change his whole style. It's literally what happened to Austin. Austin already did to Chono. Jeez. It's, it's weird how things go for the circle, isn't it? Crazy. Yeah. You can't anyway. understand why you can't understand why they banned that move. Yeah, well, to be fair, like that's probably the worst version of a power because, like, a tombstone, you can easily like dig, uh, know where the guy's head's gonna land. Yeah. Like, um, a normal power driver, same thing. That you're give, taking away so much control. Like, it's not the craziest driver in the world, but like, I, I, all I'm saying is that I wouldn't trust Nia Jax doing it. Fucking hell! I wouldn't trust her to throw a fucking. Uh, punch! Th- throw somebody off the ropes. We can't. We can't trust her to do a punch. We've seen this. Um, you know what's hilarious though? Gregory Helms took a side strap going. I took um, after because basically um, we'll go into more of this in weekend wrestling, but um, the buckle bomb ban because she um, Nia Jax is in Jakari Sane on it twice. Fuck <laughs> <It's>, that! <laughs> surely it's just easier and safer to fire her. And did, did you see the um, response I got when I said that in one of the wrestling groups of both end the other day? Yeah. <laughs> no. Someone, got, someone called me a bully. And I, and I tried to put forward, I tried to like explain to this man that um, saying that Nia Jax um, injures a lot of people and is therefore a dangerous worker isn't bullying, it's um, basic pattern recognition. Like, like it's just, essentially, it's me putting a, um, a square block into a square hole. My um, ethos would be, if you're not very good at your job, then you... Yeah, I mean, if in any other industry or anything like that, that's how it would work. It's like, for, like in my job, well, not, not, not so much mine, because I work for a lot of government. Uh, you can be shy. Uh, but, like, say if you're working for, like, I don't know, a big company and you are not some results and you're actively impeding what mm. they're doing they're just going to say exactly. sorry but you're not cut out for this shit with, um, not, my thing is with Nia people always, the first thing people always go to is were you mad at Seth Rollins I'm like yes at the time when Seth Rollins injured um, Sting and Cena and, and, well, Sting, Cena and Balor in the space of a year yeah I thought he should probably adjust how he works and then he got injured came back and adjusted how he worked like, I'm not being funny. He's not injured anyone since Balor. So, like, but I think, I think that's, a good, that's a good indication that... Um, and even with Balor, Balor's like, yeah, I took the move wrong. Which, like, that could be PR, whatever. Um, that's a, uh, Balor, this, is a sn- this is a sneak preview of the week in wrestling. <laughs> okay, yeah, we went off a rail there, didn't we? Um, As we tend to. That has been Canadian sound. Well, we didn't talk about um, you hitting your wife this time. Did you... Right, go listen to our... Um, uh, what's it called? The Shawn Michaels YTJ thing. That's the shit thing that happened. For the record, I didn't. I know, <laughs> I know you didn't, but we discussed it for some reason. It's so... <laughs> that, was, that, that was a weird one, wasn't it, Gar? Yes. It's probably the weirdest one we've ever done. Um, so, Gaff, um, what are you going to do after we log off? Uh, probably should go to bed because I've got work in the morning. 
<laughs> I say probably should right. go to bed. I'll end up watching YouTube at one in the morning, just watching the fucking, I don't know, top I'm 10 safe. things you... Top ten things you didn't know about WCW or something. Exactly. I, I, I would always almost go to bed on YouTube with like, um, ooh, Easter eggs from Grand Theft Auto Five. I'm like, I've yeah. seen this video three times. I'll watch it again. Um, yeah, same. I'll be burning Morrissey's book because it's the worst book I've ever read covered to cover. Um, he's uh, Stephen Patrick Morrissey. Anyway, where can we find you on Twitter, Jeff? You can find me and talk to me and berate me on Garthamania. At Garthamania. And um, you can find us on all the places where the guy at the beginning tells you you can find us, not Simon Miller. Um, the other guys. And I think it's Rob's dad. Is, is, it, is that Rob's dad? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how the sausage is made. Um, Christ, what's the other... Oh, well, you can find me um, on Snapchat at Omanos. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm more likely to talk to you on that. Um, you can join us later this week for Week in Wrestling. Yep. You can join, you can watch the Stardom cast where we did a tribute to Hannah Kimura and um, Arisa Hishiki's careers. Um, you can join us on the Young Line where we're going for the Tanahashi and Okada feud. I want to get you in on one of them, Gaff, but I don't know if you have the time. But like, I kind of want to see what happens if we drop you in in the middle of the feud. Um, I have the time, old. <laughs> but also, like, I don't know if we could take it because there's so much there's so much Prince David in the next few episodes. I'm not quite sure I can take the sex appeal. Um, but yeah, that's the end of this podcast, isn't it? Basically, I just need to figure out how to stop recording. Okay, that's how you do it. Bye, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Wrestling fans.